Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, or good morning, or good night, whenever you happen to hear this particular uh, show. Um, I normally do Mondays at 4.30 in this last stretch of shows, these last uh, number of, of uh, uh, blogs. Um, <clears throat> today I did it at 5 because I wasn't even going to do a show today. I had moved my show on Freud till next week because I wanted to talk about the uh, the uh, Pope's visit uh, last week, uh, and it coincided. One of his powerful speeches coincided uh, with uh, my uh, my uh, yearly visit to Temple uh, on the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Uh, where I say uh, Yiska, the prayer for the dead, for my parents and other relatives, the the large list of all my family uh, that has passed uh, since I became an old man myself. Um, And the two speeches, the rabbi's sermon and the pope's presentation, were remarkable in in their similarities. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the specific differences but it was a really a wonderful day for me because I have been feeling as my past presentations, three of them on uh, what I believe will be World War III um, <clears throat> and, and the coming apart of America, uh, first in blue states and red states, uh, and, and now uh, the dehumanization that is taking place, the awful rancid politics uh, in which a group of that happens to be Republicans swear they will shut down the government, no matter what the consequences, um, uh, which has been very depressing, very depressing for me. Uh, not just for me, but because I look at my family, my children, and especially my grandchildren, and I don't know anybody who doesn't say what I say, which is what kind of world, if any, they're going to grow up in. Um, the rabbi's sermon was on the nuclear Iran deal, the deal uh, that uh, Obama, uh, the, the uh, hated President Obama, um, uh, 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 concluded with five other nations uh, about uh, slowing the progress of Iran's uh, development of an atomic bomb. Uh, which I agree is a horrendous thought, um, particularly uh, since we won't know if they're crazy enough, if they're fanatical enough, uh, believing that uh, if they bring about something like Armageddon by uh, lobbing one of these things or more than one of these things at Israel or other nations, that this won't bring about uh, terrible retaliation in kind that will devastate uh, much of the planet, if not all of the planet. Um, It won't take too many nuclear explosions to produce something like a nuclear winter and uh, uh, destroy much of Middle East oil, which the world still uh, depends upon. So the Iran deal is a very contentious one, particularly for Jews, because uh, um, the the, uh, Iranian government... Um, has sworn uh, to eradicate uh, Israel. And if you're Jewish, uh, Israel, uh, for whatever policies you may agree or disagree with it, 
is essential, at least in the thinking of myself and everybody else I know, that its existence continues. Um, it's a very powerful idea, very powerful metaphor that Israel be there. Um, but this conversation is taking place in the United States in which the larger conversations of politics uh, have been increasingly vocal, dehumanizing, filled with invective and hatred. The, I have spoken about this now many times. The voices of hate that come pouring over uh, the radio and the TV, uh, turning uh, people into demons and monsters if they disagree uh, with the particular point of view of uh, those, in, unfortunately, so many of them uh, in politics, speaking for disenfranchised individuals and individuals whose lives that modernity uh, has uh, really upended. And I've spoken about this. I don't have to speak about it again. Uh, the large group of men whose uh, wives earn the living whose wives are more educated, uh, the large group of men uh, who uh, uh, don't have careers because the kind of careers uh, that they would have had that could have earned a living and, and earned a pension uh, for their uh, retirement and old age are gone, shipped overseas, or uh, simply annihilated by technology. Um, so... So this, this awful politics uh, has infused uh, even uh, the Jewish community, which uh, I've discovered you can't make a statement that you're for or against this nuclear uh, deal. Um, I'm, I myself uh, don't know enough about it uh, because <laughs> it's a very large, complicated issue. And I can see from what I do understand that there are dangers, but also um, a possibility that it could work. I don't know. And this is something that the rabbi spoke about. He said, uh, the people who put this together uh, seem to know more about it than I do. But what he was concerned about, uh, and what many are concerned about, is that the moment you take a position on this, there are others who will uh, hate you and demonize you and attack you at very basic levels as a human being uh, because you have taken that position. Uh, his metaphor for the consequences of this, uh, he asked, uh, what led to the temple being destroyed, the second temple being destroyed? And his answer was, uh, what's going on now can destroy the temple that now exists. Uh, especially here in America, where we Jews have more freedom and have been able to be more successful and free as human beings than almost any time in our history as a people. Um, the, the politics, I've spoken about this, in which race and religion uh, become primary issues uh, in which uh, they beat up their enemies, their political enemies, uh, unleashing the kind of things uh, that uh, lead to pogroms, that lead to uh, the 30 years war, the 100 years war in Europe, 
uh, wars which annihilated 50% of the population of Europe, in which Protestants and Catholics uh, uh, destroyed each other, slaughtered each other, every man, woman, and child in a village that was Protestant or a village that was Catholic, slaughtered by those on the other side. The Pope was a much larger uh, uh, audience. The Pope had a larger audience, uh, a worldwide audience. Uh, and I watched with real pleasure uh, the joy and the excitement on people's faces uh, as he came down Pennsylvania Avenue. I couldn't see that when it was actually occurring because I was in Temple at the time. Uh, I thought that was an interesting serendipity that it worked out. Uh, that these two individuals spoke uh, in very similar tones uh, at the same, at the, really at the same moment in history. Um, that audience uh, was like liberated. There was real pleasure on people's faces. And I don't know the constituency of the audience, uh, but it was not just Catholics in that audience. There was blacks, there were whites, there was plenty of Protestants, and I would wager uh, a good number of Jews, although a smaller number of Jews that might have been available to see the Pope uh, and hear him um, had they not been in temple uh, listening to whatever sermon their particular rabbi was giving on that particular day. What really to be analyzed Two things need to be analyzed in both the rabbi and pope's presentation. One, there was not a shred of guilt provocation, preachiness, uh, rigidity. These were two individuals speaking with intelligence, with humor, and with love, and with real concern. Not for the issues themselves, but for how people are approaching these issues. The lack of reasonableness, the lack of, of uh, perspective in so many of these discussions. Um, last week I finished a golf game and I came in uh, to have lunch. And uh, uh, for those of you who know uh, the book 1984, and if you don't know it, go read it. I think it's one of the most important books ever written to understand the politics of hatred and what can happen uh, when people are forced to uh, be lockstep into a single set of ideas. But one of the uh, interesting parts of the book is that every day, I think it was of noon, the picture of the arch-villain Goldstein, no accident that that was a Jew at that time, uh, that he was... Uh, uh, talking about uh, Huxley, uh, um, uh, Orwell, um, there would be his picture would be put on large screens and on televisions all over um, Eurasia or East. Yeah, I think it was no Europa. I forget the country. The, the, the world was divided into three uh, areas: uh, England and the North America. Um, South America and then Asia itself. Uh, anyway, the the um, picture of Goldstein, and they would have two minutes of hate. Uh, very important to people have people live in fear 
and then have that fear that leads to hate focused on an enemy that can be dehumanized. And I came into lunch, and there was a group of my colleagues that play golf having two minutes of hate on Obama. Uh, and I sat down, and I was sorry I sat down. And you can't engage this hate. Uh, it has no basis of rationality once it starts, because there's no discussion of what I like or dislike about Obama. It's simply he's the worst president. He's a devil. He's a demon. Uh, he's destroyed America. Um, and I won't get into whether he has or hasn't, uh, but the things he's accused of simply bear no relationship to the lives of those sitting and having lunch. Uh, none of these individuals have less money in their uh, portfolios uh, than when he took office. In fact, they have twice as much probably. Uh, not one of them lost uh, a, a one golf game because of anything uh, that Obama said or did as a policy. And yet there is this incredible, incredible hatred which, as I've analyzed before, I believe has to do with race and has to do with his more progressive and liberal positions uh, that uh, uh, the so-called right at this point uh, find so threatening themselves. But there was none of that. And what, what was wonderful is that people were discussing with humor and with love, with affection, with humanity, not the topics themselves that caused the contention, but how the topics were being discussed. And this perspective, larger perspective, creates a self that experiences not the anger of someone who is disagreeing with them, but a perspective that says, I am dealing with another human being who has a right to their opinion, however I find that opinion wrong-headed or offensive. Because my perspective has to be to hold on to the idea that the human being in front of me is a human being and is a precious life. And one way or another, that individual, as well as myself, needs to be respected and have our lives matter. So much of what's going on in technology and, and, and right-wing religion here and everywhere else in the world says that my enemies or those human beings don't matter. They're not even human. They're, they're, uh, they're uh, a devil. They're a monster. They are uh, uh, whatever they are, but they are not seen as a human being. And Judaism and Catholicism and every other religion that exists, exists on a basis of humanism that says that all human beings are God's creatures and, and must be respected as such. When we lose that, we lose everything. We lose the very basis of civil society. We lose the basis of what made America really special. And it was not because God made America, but because the founding fathers had a wisdom to create a constitution that we would all that we would all accept as the basis for public life, rules of governance. 
in which when the government finished its tour of duty, when it finished its time, it would leave without calling tanks, that people who did have differences of opinion uh, would not be attacked physically or psychologically, that the, the humanity of those of us who were going to be American had to come first, that there had to be a meta-analysis of the issues. Not only discussing the issues, but standing aware of how we discuss these issues. Do we discuss the issues with respect? Do we discuss the issues uh, uh, in which we are talking to a human being and not some kind of a beast, not some kind of a heretic uh, that deserves to have his head chopped off or put in prison or beaten to death? Uh, we're close to losing that. I don't know what will happen to either the consequences of the rabbi's sermon or the Pope's sermon the, the, uh, and his other speeches. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know if we're too far gone. Uh, one little piece smidgen that gave me hope uh, was after John Boehner's resignation, Peter King who is a uh, New York um, Republican uh, congressman, said it's time uh, that we stand up to the crazies in our own party. It was the first time in a long time that uh, the lockstep, the idea that you can speak up or your conscience should push you to speak up rather than because I'm a Republican or a Democrat or a Jew or a Catholic or a Protestant or a Muslim, I must follow obediently the uh, will of our leader, of my leader, uh, because he is the leader, and uh, I, I don't have an opinion other than that of the leader. I don't exist as an independent self I exist as part of a mob, uh, as an extension uh, of, of uh, a, a group uh, that runs in lockstep and says exactly the same thing on every issue, hating those, even within their own party or their own religion, if they disagree. Uh, when you have a collective self... Uh, and fear your own leaders. And uh, I have been taught to fear uh, without hope, without creativity, without uh, thinking of a creative efforts to solve all of the serious problems which human beings are always called upon to solve. Uh, then that identity shrinks down. There's a loss, of, a terrible loss of perspective. And the result is what we're seeing all over the world. Literally, in the Middle East, the breakup of civilization itself, uh, where one religious group, the uh, Sunnis, are slaughtering another religious group, the Shia, who are in turn slaughtering Sunnis. Well, I've done 20 minutes. I only have another 10 for the broadcast, but there's really no reason uh, I have to uh, continue for another 10 minutes. Uh, I really should do more to promote my show if I want people to call in. So I'm going to sit here a couple of minutes, da-da-da-da-da-da, and see maybe somebody is available to call in. 
and would like to engage in a discussion of uh, what I've said tonight and what I've been saying and probably what I'll continue to say. Next week, if all goes well, I want to talk about Freud's theory uh, and talk about it, uh, the older version of Freud's theory, uh, not really in, in, in uh, psychoanalysis has really moved on to a more social interactive point of view rather than just what goes on in the, within the individual. Uh, but I will talk about id egos and superegos and uh, talk about uh, sex and aggression and a variety of other aspects of the theory, more from a metaphorical point of view than taking Freud literally, which is what many of my teachers are actually uh, taught by, uh, you know, just as an aside. When I was in college in the 1950s and 60s, and I began, was introduced to all of these theories so many ages and ages ago, uh, there was a battle. Uh, there were different psychoanalytic groups. One, uh, and one of the larger ones, was uh, a Freudian. Then there was Adlerian. And then there was uh, Karen Horney's group. Uh, and all there was a bunch of different uh, um, uh, psychoanalytic groups, their own school, their own training, and very much the same kind of uh, uh, hostility between people who held on to one analytic belief. Uh, of course, you weren't attacked as a, as a heretic. You were attacked as being mentally disturbed and in need of psychoanalysis. And so much of the psychoanalysis that took place was to see to it that not only you were freer as a human being to live your life in a healthy, loving uh, uh, manner, uh, to grow as a human being, but that you would also be a loyal member of that particular school. And it's one of the reasons I never really had any kind of direct psychoanalytic training, even though as the years have gone by, uh, I continue to read uh, in various uh, 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 venues about psychoanalysis. And when I do therapy, uh, when I, what I call therapy, even though there's nothing medical or really therapeutic about it as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, I, I'm, my work is informed by aspects of psychoanalysis. But that will be next week. Uh, okay. I don't see any reason to stay on. I don't think I'm uh, talking to anybody directly now. And so, therefore, this is Dr. Simon. The stories we live by...